If you would like to earn CPE credit for listening to the show, visit earmarkcpe.com backslash FPA. Download the app, take a short quiz, and get your CPE certificate. If you would like to earn continuing education credit for your FP&A certification from the Association of Finance Professionals for listening to the show, go to the show notes for details on how to earn the credit. Finally, if you enjoy listening to FP&A today, please go to your podcast platform of choice, click the subscribe button, and leave a rating and review of the show. And now, on to the show. From Data Rails, this is FPNA Today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to FPNA Today. I am your host, Paul Barnhurst, aka the FPNA Guy, and you are listening to FPNA Today. FPNA Today is brought to you by Data Rails, financial planning and analysis platform for Excel users. Every week, we welcome a leader from the world of financial planning and analysis and discuss some of the biggest stories and challenges in the world of FP&A. We will provide you with actionable advice about financial planning and analysis. This is going to be your go-to resource for everything FP&A. I'm thrilled to welcome today's guest on the show, Max Seach. Max, welcome to the show. Hi, Paul. Hi, everyone. Yeah, thanks. thanks for joining us. So let me just give a little bit of an introduction about Max, and I'll give him an opportunity to share a little bit more about himself. He's coming to us from Latvia. He earned his bachelor's in business and finance. He currently serves as the chief operating officer of the Financial Modeling World Cup. Many of you may have seen that on ESPN or other places that that's uh, streamed. So we're excited to talk more about that. He currently works as the head of business development for AG Capital CFO Services, where they do financial consulting for clients globally. And previously, he also worked in a commercial bank doing a lot of FP&A and other type tasks. So, Max, could you maybe just tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah, sure. So, uh, you, you covered the most part, but just to probably elaborate in short, uh, I come with, uh, with finance uh, education. So, I used to work at a commercial bank as strategic project manager when I did, you know, budgeting of the um, of the business, uh, you know, we had over, well, not the big bank for U.S. standards. We got over 200 employees, 60 branches. Uh, so um, I've been doing, you know, scoring analysis, uh, budgeting, uh, financial control. And then I joined the AG Capital. That's the, you know, CFO, officer, CFO services firm. We do budgeting, we do profitability reports, M&A, valuations. We do a lot of uh, a lot of fulfillment reports for clients uh, on a monthly basis. So it's uh, all the different kind of things. I also lead financial trainings. Well, I would say trainings in finance that include financial modeling, budgeting, uh, cash flow forecasting, uh, you know, finance for non-finance people and, and, and stuff like that. And finally, uh, the majority of my time takes the Financial Modeling World Cup, uh, where I am a chief operating officer. I usually do everything that is related to partnerships, uh, sponsors, you know, PR, marketing. Uh, I don't do tasks uh, for for the battles. Uh, we 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 have other people who are doing this, but um, I do more of you know, uh, kind of promotion and. Uh, um, I would say commercial side of the business. So, so yeah, that's that's in short about me. 
All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate you sharing a little bit about, about yourself. And, you know, you mentioned that one thing I want to just kind of drill down in here for a minute is the uh, Financial Modeling World Cup. You mentioned you're the chief operating officer for that. Can you tell us how you became involved in the organization? How did that come about? Well, we kind of together with Andrew Grigorinovich, who is the founder and CEO of this. Uh, we started it basically back in September 2020. Um, this was all like a spin-off of AG Capital Firm, where you know I started working with Andrew in 2020, and then at some point we've been. Uh, actually, Andrew was waiting for model of competition that time to be going in 2020, but it wasn't. So at some point, we just uh, stopped by our coffee machine in the office and uh, had a discussion. And uh, Andrew had an idea, you know, if, if model of doesn't come, so why wouldn't we do our own competition? So the, actually, we started it at some point in June 2020. I guess and in two months we launched the website. We did the, you know, the rules, all the administrative work, uh, the legal part, and stuff like that. And in September it was already the first battle. So it's it's really like you know, let's do it in short term. Let's see if that works. Uh, what feedback we get. And basically that's how it all started. And since the very beginning, I'm with it, and uh, I'm very happy how it grows and where we are today. Great. Now, it sounds like uh came together pretty quickly without, you know, during COVID, it sounds like, as Model Off wasn't doing right. one, you guys kind of jumped in and filled that void. Is that kind of how it worked? Approximately, yes. Well, we didn't know Model Off would retire. So essentially, when we started after like first or second stage, they just, you know, emailed everyone. That's, that's basically it. Um, but you know, we just decided, why would we try? There's uh, not much to lose. We have the knowledge. We have, uh, you know, all the things that we need to to try this. So let's just go ahead and try. Oh, that's that's great. Thank you for sharing that. So I know the FMWC, or Financial Modeling World Cup, has been covered by, you know, international news organizations, you know, thousands of people online. It's been broadcast by ESPN. Can you talk a little bit about how that all came about? You know, how did it become so popular where you're seeing it on ESPN as kind of a global event? Yeah, well, I think the popularity of it, you know, we, I, I can tell you the long story and the short story. Let me start with the short story. And the short story is probably because of the nature of the competition. So when you think about, we started with financial modeling and now the popular thing is very much about Excel esports. So this is what people like and hype about. And the reason is, if you think about it, you know, we're moving into gaming industry. We're moving into esports. And that's where, you know, a lot of young people are right now. They're like playing games. And because of the COVID, actually, many people were going remote and they were spending time home and there was nothing to do. So people started to, you know, serve internet, do a lot of things, including playing computer games. But the thing with computer games is if you play like, you know, Fortnite, Counter-Strike, or whatever else for like, you know, five years to get to the competitive level, and eventually Counter-Strike or Fortnite closes, you're, what, what tangible skills you can get out of it. There is not that much shit. you can, you know, keep it with you to your, you know, to the next game or to your next job or, or anything like that. With Excel Esports, it's totally different, right? So if you train your skill at this competition, even if you don't win it, you can actually apply that skill in your next job. You can 
you know, be more productive for yourself. You can do your budgeting, your planning, your, you know, uh, all of the things uh, can be very used and it's all tangible that that's perceived and, and, and is demanded by the market. So I think that the, the short story is that the idea of the competition really, you know, clicks with majority of the people. The long story is, you know, it's all started with finance and, you know, we started to do different battles between different people. And this is the format that nobody was doing before. People like competitive field, people like entertainment and sports. So we started with finance battles and we, we got sponsored by Microsoft in 2021. They helped us a lot, especially in the very beginning to get introduced to the right people, including ESPN folks. And, uh, you know, just, you know, naturally it started to grow. Uh, people started to hype about it, started to demand more of these battles, you know, and social started to pick it, to pick it up just because it's, it's, it's normal. Yeah, that's great. And I mean, I definitely see a lot of it on, on LinkedIn. I see, uh, I think it's Darian Early. I see a lot of him posting a lot of stuff. I know he's won it before. And I watched one of his videos of him doing some stuff in Excel. And I just thought, all right, that's just a league all of its own, right? As I'm watching just the, you know, the amazing speed with which they work. And I know uh, Oz DeSol has been an announcer for it. I think you've had uh, Danielle Stein Fairhurst, which I know, I mean, I know you've had uh, Bill Jelen. I'm sure there's been others, but those are some that I know of, you know, in the Excel community, right? They're all big names that do a lot of training and stuff. And so I think that's really, really fun. And Oz, if anyone's watched any of his videos, he has a YouTube channel, uh, YouTube on, is that Oz on Fire, I think, or something Excel, like that? Excel, Excel on Excel, Fire. thank you. Excel on Fire. His his videos are just great because he's such a storyteller. He always has a unique angle. Like, you know, one minute he's he has a sword. Next thing he's pulling a snake <laughs> out of a hat as he's doing an Excel video. And it he always just kind of makes me smile because often I remember that as well as I remember the example he was giving. Yeah, so. and you, you know why people like us? Because he's very entertaining. He's making yes. Excel exciting. Mm-hmm. So essentially, you watch a video about Excel, but you enjoy it. You can watch it in the evenings, drinking your coffee or a tea, because he has, you know, this this tone of voice. He's doing that funny, um, you know, exciting, etc. You enjoy watching him, and he's making it entertaining. And that's why people also like in uh, Excel esports that we do. That it's not only, you know, you watch the uh, tons of, you know, hours and hours of trainings on Excel. That's, uh, I apologize, but sometimes it might be very boring. But you actually, you know, watch people compete, hosts and announcers hyping for them. People writing in the chat, you know, who is going to win. They're betting and, and stuff like that. Action is going on. It's much more exciting to learn that way. By the way. Meantime, you will learn new functions, new features, applications. Then you can go and test them out later on. But it's exciting to watch. No, I, I totally agree. Oz makes it interesting. He's, you know, I know he does some, uh, it's like, fo- I think it's folklore storytelling, if I remember right. You know, and that's the type of thing you can just see in the way he's able to make make something that, like you mentioned, when you're sitting through a training, can often feel boring. Okay, here's how this formula works. You got some dry trainer up there and you're just like, all right, can, when will this end? Instead, he, you know, you have that excitement. The other things you mentioned, people betting on it, right? It's like, okay, if this guy wins, I get a hundred bucks or, you know, chatting with their friend or someone who really loves Excel seeing some new way of doing something. So you get excited and be like, I can go try this, right? There's a lot of uh, 
kind of that esport mentality where there's a lot you can learn and, and it's almost a community type thing versus just, you know, watching somebody. Exactly, exactly. And this community actually grows very much. And especially what we like so much, we this year really launched Excel Esports, like the whole season, basically those battles take place uh, every month. And they're structured in a way that, you know, competitors are doing the case in the beginning and then they come to the live stream. So everybody on the live stream and there are non-stream players as well. So the non-stream players, they come to the YouTube to, to actually watch how live stream players are playing. But essentially what happens, they're kind of, you know, having a huge discussion in the chat. So how did you just do in that battle? And this community grows and they're speaking to each other. They're sharing knowledge. Um, I know plenty of people, actually of the competitors that, you know, started, you know, communicating between each other, asking advice, you know, um, sharing knowledge just because, you know, they see each other competing, doing well and better in some or other topic. So they're making friends. And that's what I like about it, the community thing. And we are growing with this community. That's just, just amazing. You know what it is like. 13 different spreadsheets emailed out to 23 different budget holders. Multiple iterations, version control, errors, back and forth updates. You never really feel in control of the consolidation and collection process. Yep, I've been there. Stop, breathe. DataRails is the financial planning and analysis platform for Excel users. DataRails takes data from all your company's disparate sources. No organization is too complex, consolidating everything into one place, secured in the cloud. Now all your data finally talking to each other. Everything is automated back into your report in Excel. Cash flow, FX conversion, intercompany transactions, now automated and up to date. Drill down and variance analysis in seconds. Don't replace Excel, embrace Excel. Turn your Excel into a lean, mean FPNA machine. Find out more at www.datarails.com. So if I understand correctly, there's the financial modeling, and then there's also kind of the Excel eSport. What's really the difference? Is it the, the cases and what's allowed? I mean, because I know there's a lot of things you can do in Excel and financial modeling sometimes can have a very broad, you know, umbrella when you're talking about Excel. So how do you kind of distinguish? How are the cases different or how do you think about that? Right. So financial modeling essentially requires you to have some kind of knowledge of finance, at least basic knowledge. So you can have cases like you need to build a three-way statement. You need to do those sophisticated sales forecasts. You need to do the valuation of that firm. Um, so essentially, you have to have some kind of understanding and knowledge of finance to solve those cases. When we talk about Excel esports, you don't need any finance knowledge at all. And this nice. is a competition to show that it's not Excel is not only about finance and budgets and tables. You can literally do everything in Excel. Mm -hmm. Some of the cases we had. Uh, last year in, in our esports battles, those are like popular games you can play 
uh, you know, Mario, you can play a uh, battleship game, you can play uh, Snakes and Letters or, or any cases like that in Excel. So we build the system in which you have to find the perfect solution to solve that case under 30 minutes by, you know, having different game moves or number of games or number of players doing different things. So it's not only about budgets and numbers and boring tables. It's actually more than that. It's very exciting. You can literally do everything. So is there any like anything you can't do that's available in Excel? Like is VBA allowed, you know, using Power Query? Is pretty much anything that's you're able to do in Excel, are you able to do during these competitions? Or how's that work? Everything is allowed. You can do VBA, you can do Power Query, you can do ChatGPT if you wish. The only thing is you have 30 minutes, right? Yep. So if you're if you're about to write a VBA and you can do that in 30 minutes without you know crashing the whole Excel file, that's fine. Go and take that risk. Well, I know one of the competitors, um, like some years ago, tried to do the final stage in VBA and his Excel crashed five minutes before the final. And oh. as you know, with the VBA, you don't have undo button, right? So you have to redo the whole thing. So it's just a matter of, you know, risk return. If you want to try it, you can, but, you know, you might fail hard. So mostly sure. people do just formulas. And, and that's what I'd figure 95 plus percent of the time they're just using formulas. Because like you said, that 30 minute window, VBA mm -hmm. and Power Query is usually something that's going to take you a little longer. And so there's not the benefit where formulas, if you know them well, it's amazing how quick you can do things. So that. That totally makes sense. And that's kind of what I figured, but I just thought I'd ask. So yeah. what is the prize for the winners? You know, if you win, you know, eSport or the Financial Modeling World Cup, what do you get? How's the, you know, how's that work? So if you win financial modeling, uh, you would get, well, the official prize that was announced is 25000 But now we have another sponsor coming, which is order.co. Uh, which will contribute another 5K grant to the sponsorship fund. So essentially for finance, it's uh, 30K. For Excel Esports, it's a little bit more than 15,000. But the prize money is split uh, throughout the whole year. So you can win a smaller prizes if you win a stage, and you can get the bigger prize if you win the finals, right? So Microsoft Excel World Championship. And by the way, the finals of this competition will be in Las Vegas this year in person. So we will pay for the finalists, we will cover the costs, and we will broadcast it from Las Vegas, you know, to the Great. whole world. Well, when you send me the information when the finals are, I might have to do a road trip. I'm not far from Vegas. You should. I might have, you to, should. I might have to come down. <laughs> I'd love to do that if I can make it work. So please send me that information. And we cool. can also put that in the show notes for people if anyone else is interested. You know, next question, let's say somebody wants to enter the tournament. They're listening and thinking, hey, that would be fun. How does somebody do that? Oh, it's very simple. You just go to the website and get a ticket. Well, the ticket costs money. So one stage ticket is about 20 bucks, but if you buy a seasonal pass, it's much cheaper. So most of the majority of the players, they have just seasonal passes. And the thing is that you not only get and access to the stage. You also get an access to three cases. Each case worth 20 bucks. And also you get the solutions. You can buy a case without a solution, which will be difficult if you if you want to figure out if you're correct. 
we do provide the solution files. And when I when I say solution, I don't mean answers. I mean literally all the formal plus with all the you know um, mm-hmm. explanations, kind of explanations and outline model with best practices how to do that case. So it's really a lot of value at the end of the day. If you just buy a ticket, you get at least three cases. You get a lot of learning opportunities. You can score yourself against others. But at the end of the day, to participate is just you know go and get a ticket. <laughs> Got it. No, that 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 totally makes sense. And that's what I thought. I remember looking at it one time. It had been a little while back. And so what would you say if somebody wants to participate, what skill level do they need to be? I mean, how good do they need to be in Excel? Well, it depends on what they want to achieve. If they want to be number one, well, they probably need a little bit of training, practice, <laughs> experience. But if you just want to try, I mean, for Excel esports, you don't you you don't need any specific knowledge. You don't know to know. BBA or Power Query. If you know kind of basic formulas, you know, if and then statements, uh, then you're good to try it. I mean, it's just a matter of time, probably that would take you a little more time to do the case rather than for other people who know more advanced and latest formulas like, you know, dynamic arrays and stuff like that. For finance, well, as I mentioned before, you need to have some basic finance knowledge and you also need some basic Excel. So as long as you know ifs, you know, lookups and some ifs, you should be good to go. Got it. No, that makes sense. Thank you. So what's your favorite part of being involved in the Financial Modeling World Cup? I mean, what what keeps you being involved in it? What's your passion with this? All of it. <laughs> All of <laughs> Have it. you competed? No, I haven't competed. Well, I did compete probably here in the office with, with the colleagues, but not on the, you know, on the broader level when, when sure. I compete with other people. Um, the thing is, you know, it's also a kind of a conflict of interest. There is no other competition like us that would do that. So sometimes I, I need to test the cases and I do the cases myself. Um, my colleagues either solve the cases or create the cases themselves. Um, but we do not really compete just because of the conflict of interest. We want to make sure. It, and that and that totally makes sense. I figure as much that, yeah, you'd have to yeah. do something that's not sponsored by you guys to be able to because you're putting together the cases and those type of things. Yeah, because it will be weird, you know, if if Max from FMWC will be winning a stage after stage, you know. <laughs> Everybody would be wondering, yes, that would be a bad yeah. idea. Totally get it. <laughs> so, you know, another question here, and then I want to get a little bit into the work you do, but one last question on Financial Modeling World Cup. What's the most unique thing or maybe unique solution that you've seen someone do in Excel? Well, I can probably mention the, you know, the unique or weird or maybe interesting thing that I've seen in Excel. This probably, I'm, I'm referring to Excel Wizard. I'm not sure if you've heard of him, but as the guy from Thai, his name is Bo Riverdon. And he's, I think he's one of the first guys who started to really dig deep in dynamic arrays. And when I say that, I really mean deep, deep in this. Mm-hmm. And how, 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 how does that happen? Well, we have Excel battles for, you know, that we do every month. So basically, you know, well, let me uh, probably before that tell a brief intro. Um, like last year, we created an account on uh, speedrun.com. So the speedrun.com is the website where there are all the different kinds of different games and people publish speedruns of the game. 
to speedrun it yes. to do the game or complete the game as quick as possible. Okay. We created an account with a goal and purpose to um, for our contestants to do the Excel battles that we provide as soon as possible so that, you know, you can train a lot, you can do your homework. When you come, try to record as quick as possible as you can solve them. And actually, on 90% of the videos that are there, Bo Ripper and the Excel wizard, he's the winner of those cases. He's doing those cases that are meant for 30 minutes, and this is very challenging to do for 30 minutes sometimes. He does them in two to five minutes. It's crazy. <laughs> the thing is, you know, you know, you know how he does that? Basically, he writes one formula that answers like majority of the questions. He basically fills in all the level. And his formulas may be long and they may be challenging to understand. It could be two rows, three rows. And from financial modeling, we know that's not the best practice, especially when, you know, presenting the model to a client. But just, you know, when you think about the ways how he approaches it and how he thinks about it, he uses all the latest formulas, lambdas, dynamic race, you know, all the kind of latest array formulas. And just combining mm -hmm. all them, he makes just, you know, I would just, if I was solving the case, I would do a lot of like helper columns, you know, do it on the side, making sure that I have clearly outlined, you know, you understand your solution. He just is, just does this just in one set. So that's, if, if, if you go on speedrun.com, Microsoft Excel World Championship, take a look at a few of his videos. You will get what I mean. I'll, I'll have to do that. I'll remember that. The Excel wizard. Yeah, that, that's, you know, that's amazing. I remember I worked with the guy. And this is before I'd really got into Excel and I'd see his formulas and I'm just like, okay, this guy is just, you know, next level. And you just see those people where you're like, how do you solve some of these things? How do you think that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're correctly right. Like, uh, you know, you really need a lot of practice. I'm just, you know, to be honest, I'm uh, I'm very beginner in dynamic race and dynamic formulas. I'm, uh, I love, you know, when I start approaching the case with the mind that I'm going to do that with a dynamic race, it, at first, it's much harder to understand how, how would you do that. It's just much easier to do it the regular way. But when you do that, you actually feel like, oh, wow, you could have done this like many times before. It saves so much time. And I myself, to be honest, I'm just a beginner in comparison to ball. Uh, but, you know, as, as I get and proceed through them and do more of those, I, I like them more and more. Yeah, I'm just starting to scratch the surface with dynamic arrays, you know, getting more comfortable with them. And you can do some really neat things with them. Like, you know, I built some sensitivity tables. I did a, yep. a CapEx where, you know, it will update automatically from like, you know, five to 20 years. It's like, just make a change yep. and yeah. everything yeah. flows through. And so it's really, you know, it's cool the things you can do, but it does take a different way of thinking and it takes time. Exactly, exactly. That, that's what I mean. You have to go through that thinking because if you were learned to work in a single cell, now it's a different approach. You need to work with the, the array and you need to understand how would it look and how would Excel read your array? Would it read it horizontal or vertical or, you know, how many values will be there? So it's, it's, it's a different thing. Yeah, no, to totally agree. I, I tried to be fancy one time for my boss when they first came out and I built something all with dynamic arrays and we got in there and it busted. And I was just like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty stupid as I'm in, in with the general manager and this whole thing's not working, you know, and I thought I would be fancy. And so I learned my lesson. It's like, make sure you actually, it works before you get in there. I mean, it worked for everything I had tested, 
but I really hadn't tested it enough. And as soon as he asked me to do one type of thing, it just, it fell apart. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, just you know, kind of shame, hanging my head. Fortunately, I had a really good relationship with him. He gave me a little bit of a hard time about it, but it was all good. But I still <laughs> felt, I felt kind of stupid. So yeah, it takes some yeah. time for sure. Yeah, just a quick note. Same happened to me. Like I, I was, I was leading an Excel trading for a company, and I was teaching dynamic arrays. And at some point, um, you know, I, I've I've created a task, and I, I've solved it. You know, at home, I prepared myself, and I know what, what I was doing. But eventually, when I was doing this in class, it, it stopped working. Like, and I don't understand as because of the thing that I'm not, you know did it so many things that I just probably mixed either, you know, an apostrophe or something. It just didn't work. And I was like, what the hell is going on? It, it should work the way it's kind of, I, I, I think I understand that, but it just doesn't work and it shouldn't be like this. So it's, it's really, you know, a lot of practice. It, it definitely is. There's a shirt that I have told myself I'm going to buy, but I haven't bought it yet. And it, I think anyone who's done Excel formulas, programming, SQL, you know, any of those type of thing, any kind of coding at any level, whether it's an Excel function all the way to detailed coding, the shirt says roses are red, violets are blue. You have a left bracket on line 42. You know, like there's your error type of thing. And right. I just always laugh because I wrote SQL for about a year. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that totally you, you forgot your parentheses. You forgot your comma. And, and you're spending two hours. And you're like, why is this not working? And you're just like, right. forget it. I'm going to do something yeah. else and I'll look at it later. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that, that shirt always makes me laugh. So, you know, switching gears here a little bit to the work you do, I know you do advisory services, you know, a lot for corporate finance customers. So can you talk a little bit of, you know, what kind of work you're doing in your day job? What's the kind of services you're providing? So usually those are like SME type of clients. Sometimes those are kind of larger. We work with investment funds and banks, but usually those are SME type of clients that are that do not have their CFO in the company. Or, you know, a finance guy, as you would call him, or FBNA guy, mm -hmm. <laughs> like you. So yep. basically, companies that are run by, you know, CEO, CFO, and an accountant, but they actually need a more deep analysis of what they're doing. So usually it might be, you know, a manufacturer, let's take, I, I don't know, a retailer or somebody that has some of the branches. And at, at some point, he, he started the business. He managed it on himself. There was, you know, one branch or two branches. He managed to do this on his own. But as long as there are 20 branches, there are 100 people, you're not, you know, capable anymore to manage the whole thing. So this is the time when we come and say, hey, we're here to help. If you don't need us full time, that's fine. We can either do your analysis. For example, you need to track finance from banks. We're going to help you. We'll be allowed the model, take the negotiations in ourselves and help you out with the finance, or you need the budget, let us do the budget, and it will keep it to yourself for the rest. Or we would do like a monthly service with them. So basically, firms that, you know, do not have, uh, who have not hired, you know, a full-time CFO yet, but they sure. already need that kind of service, we are helping them to optimize that. And sometimes bigger companies hire us just because, you know, CFOs do not have time to do certain things. So we would just come and help them at a specific project. Got it. So it sounds like 
for the most part, a lot of these are companies that haven't built out the finance yet, a little bit smaller companies. You're providing some of those advisory, fractional CFO, budgeting, kind of whatever needs they have. Sometimes it might be project specific where they just yep. need to staff up. But a lot of time it's helping a company come in and look at things and give them the finance support that they don't have internally. Is that the way right. to think of it? Yes, exactly. But but you, you do not have to mix it with accounting. So we don't do accounting at any means. We do financial planning, budgeting, forecasting, and stuff like that. So it's it's more it. it's more on strategic level rather than you know historical. Sure. Yeah. Staying away from the bookkeeping side of things, right. the historical and a strategic, forward-looking, strictly the yeah. financial advisory services. Yes. 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 Exactly. Yeah. No, we're seeing seeing a lot of that. Definitely. You know, I get contacted pretty regularly now from people who are thinking of starting fractional CFO services and they ask about, you know, what consulting I do and and things like that. So it's been growing a lot and it's exciting to see because I think uh, small companies really need that. They need that strategic advice. Often the founder doesn't have a financial background and, you know, things can be messy without somebody looking after those things. I'm sure you've seen it. You get into a company and the data is a mess and you can't even start building a forecast until you can make sense of the financials. <laughs> and you're laughing because you can relate. Exactly. I've seen that so many times. I feel that so many times. I've seen that. I've seen companies, you know, working in the business until, you know, everything is okay. Like, I mean, until the company makes profits, you know. Uh, but nobody was looking like, you know, they have six business lines and three of them are profitable. They're just subsidizing them. And eventually, when something happens, they came. They come to us and say, "Hey, you know, we got we got a loss at this month. What happened?" And we actually take a look. You've been losing money for three years already, guys, just because you didn't have a proper CFO guy to point out to this problem. So yeah, yep. No, I I agree. And so I think it's great that we're seeing more and more of that. So I'm curious, from your perspective, you know, what you see with these small companies. Why is FP&A so important? Why is that such an important part of finance? Well, I think, you know, it's, it's like, you know, when you walk in the dark without a lighter, right? So how would you forecast your financials if you don't do, you know, analysis? How, like, okay, FP&A is part of, you know, forecasting. How would you make a decision if you don't have proper number of the background? You can make a decision based on your feelings, on your thoughts, on your previous <laughs> experience. But if it doesn't have a number to support your decision, that's not really you know, a thorough decision. It's not a wise decision. So what we are actually doing, you know, we're, we're, we've been working with plenty of industries already. I think we, work, we covered all of them. But you, know, you can't really be expert in all of the industries. And the reason we can consult companies because we do build financial models that support our opinion, that support our decision. If we say that, hey, guys, your you know, cost of capital is very much above the market, that's because we just see that, that you have to lower that, you have to you know, restructure refinance. Or if we see you know, your administrative costs or salary fund or motivation system is out of, uh, went out of control, that's because we know that. That's because we see that. We analyze. We can watch what the market benchmarks are. We can see what the historicals were, etc. So it's it's all about numbers. It's all about decision making. And if you don't have a proper FPNA, you're literally working without a lighter in the darkness and trying to find the right door. And you would, you might find it. You may not. 
If you're not, you will fail. <laughs> I like that analogy. It's like, yeah, we've all stumbled around in the dark before and you stub your toe or hit the door, or, you know, whatever it might be, because you decide, I don't need to turn on the lights. I can, it's my house. I know my way around. Oh, yeah. And the exactly. next morning you end up with a, a stubbed toe or a bruised knee or something. And you're like, why did I do that? And so I think that's a good analogy is you're really missing some things without that light, without that perspective that FP&A can bring. And I, sorry for interrupting, no, please, but please. I can actually build on this analogy. It's it's kind of could be okay if you have, you know, if you're living in a small house where you have like, you know, one uh, one room, one bathroom, you pretty much know what's, what's the thing. But as your company grows, your house is getting bigger. You have two-story house, you have a garage, then you have a garden, right? And as it becomes more complicated, you literally, it's hard to navigate if you don't have the proper guidance, where to go and uh, what to do. You know, as, as, as your property, as your assets are growing, it's just so much harder to take care of everything, to make sure that everything runs smoothly and runs fine, and you need an FBNA. You, you know, it's funny, as you say that, I was thinking about, you know, as I've been scaling and growing my business, you know, not FPNA, but thinking, okay, at what point do I hire a virtual assistant, right? It's like, okay, yeah. I'm doing this and that and that. And, and I've been starting to think more and more about that. And I think it's very similar with finance and FPNA. Sure, if you're a really small company, one product, one or two employees, yeah, the founder can manage most of that. Yeah. You can yeah. be fine. But, the, you know, as you continue to scale, you have to be smart enough to know when to say, okay, I need to bring in the expert. It, it's no longer beneficial. So often we think, but I need to save the money and I don't want the expense. And the reality is good FP&A will pay for itself. Good financial advice, advice whether it's C, you know, fractional CFO, FP&A, whatever, it will pay for itself. It's, if not, then you probably need to look at who's working for you because it should provide more benefit than it costs you. Absolutely. Otherwise, it doesn't make to, to hire FP&A. But, but the thing is that sometimes it's just hard to observe that benefit because very... Um, very often it is not the money earned, it is actually the money saved. But you don't understand that, okay, if your FBNA advises you not to do this business or it advises you to cost and cost there or restructure your funding loan, you would just appreciate the advice. You wouldn't calculate, oh my God, you literally saved me thousands of dollars you know, by just giving this advice and making this decision. Because some companies would, just, you know, especially some CEOs wouldn't think that way. And that's, that's sometimes hard. Agreed. So we have just a few more questions here. I know we're coming up, you know, toward the end of our time. So one question I want to ask you, you know, when it comes to building a good financial model, you know, one that helps the business make better decisions, what do you see as the key? What do you think is the most important thing to make sure you're able to build a good financial model? Um, good question. Well, I don't want to say, you know, formatting and stuff like this. This is important, but, you know, sometimes you can get around about it. Best practices, probably, yes. I would even, I would say from my perspective, it is just understanding of the business. It's just outlining um, the key business drivers that are important and showing them in front, at the very front, so that everybody gets clear what's the, what drives the business. So, just to give an example, it's it's not about revenue drivers. Like if you're, you know, a construction business that does long-term agreements, revenue doesn't like okay, let's take um, energy business that has long-term contracts. 
revenue doesn't doesn't matter, right? Your revenue wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be volatile from month to month. So you don't care about this stuff. What do you care about about your costs, variable costs? If you're an energy company, you care about market prices of energy, right? So you would do sensitivity analysis to see how you know your results would change based on the you know um, volatility of energy prices on the market. You would think about what is the hedge options, etc. Um, if you're you know if you're a B two B business, you would be you will be looking at, you know, employees uh, much, much more in deep rather than, you know, doing your, um, I don't know, profitability analysis or full cost analysis just because it doesn't matter that much as for manufacturing business. So what I want to say is it's, it's just really each industry and each business has its own important drivers, their KPIs. They have to be observed. They have to be addressed at the first page. Sometimes your admin cost doesn't really matter. Optimization doesn't really matter as much as the main thing does. So I would say a good FPNA, good model would, you know, make this as a key and everything else, because building three-way statements, it's just a matter of skill. If you get used to it, it's, it's, it's not that hard. Uh, yeah. I, I like how you focused on, you know, really around the assumptions and knowing the business. Because that's so important. You can have the the most beautiful build three statement model, but if you don't have valid assumptions, you know it's not going to help you make smart decisions. So I think you know for me it comes down to I think there's two things I look at is first design, designing something that can be easy to maintain and kind of keep updated, and that's thinking about how it should flow, how the data should be updated, and then really you know understanding the business and making sound assumptions. Doesn't mean you're going to be right because no model's right. Right. What is right anyway? I mean, nobody's hits the exact number they forecasted. But if you can support your assumptions and it can be easily updated and used, you know, that that's gold. Because we've all dealt with that model where you're like, all right, I'm just starting over. This thing just sucks. You know? <laughs> that, that that's very true. We had one client where we did, you know, sophisticated model, financial model. It was very thorough, everything was, you know, flexible, etc. And then when we came to pitch to the client, um, you know, we showed, hey, that's the result. He was like, what the hell the result is about? And this all came down to, you know, to the assumptions because the assumptions, you know, the client didn't reply to us. So we were like, okay, we're going to put, you know, our estimates, but our estimates were wrong um, of what their actuals is. And the result didn't make sense to him because so he was saying, what, what, what the hell you're presenting to me? You, you know, I can calculate the numbers myself, but, you know, you, you promised to build me a sophisticated model and it just looks like a crap just because the number doesn't make sense, even though the model was correct by, you know, by the structure. And yep. Yeah, exactly. So we have a couple personal questions we like to end with, one personal and one kind of fun that we ask everybody. So what is something unique about you that you can share with our audience, something we wouldn't be able to find out about you online. Okay, that's that's a that's a trap question. I didn't expect this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what is unique about myself? Well, um, probably the unique thing uh, that uh, about myself is that I love finance. I love doing financial modeling, but I also like you know talk to people. 
and doing you know sales. So it's kind of a mixture of of two. It's probably not the thing, uh, not the skill you particularly would find. It's either analytical type of person or it's a salesperson. Um, you know, I'm I'm working as a head of business development at AG Capital C for services. Sometimes I do projects. Sometimes I do sales. So I really like this. Uh, you know, a mixture of both. And that's probably a unique uh, thing uh, that, that I might think about myself. I don't know. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know, don't know what to answer about this. No, that, that's a good one. It's, it's a unique set to have. And I'm finding myself, you know, enjoying the sales a little more than I thought I would doing my own business. So I can relate a little bit to that answer. And so n- next question, this is one we like to ask everybody. What is your favorite, can be Excel function, feature what's your favorite thing about excel so i can definitely say i enjoy dynamic arrays and 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 learning them more i would probably figure <laughs> dynamic formula as well well probably the one i use the most it's it's very simple it's just sequence uh i mean it's you use it so much and you, you can even do sequence of words you can do different uh, tables, different uh, sequences of sequences. Uh, you can forecast your days. I mean, it's just so easy. I like it. So it's the one that I use more often than others. Great. Yeah, I really like sequence. I used it. I've used it a lot for dates and other yep. times when I just need to test something and can be really helpful. So that's a great one. And dynamic arrays in general, that's one of my favorite these days. I've been playing with some of the new ones a little bit. I'm reading a book called, I don't have it down here, but Up, Up, and Array. And it was it's written about nothing but dynamic arrays. It's about 200 pages. And it has the new ones like VStack, HStack. And so it's fun. Yeah. Learning, learning nice. some new tricks. Yeah, I like uh, VStack and HStack was unique. Uh, because we do a lot of databases with FMWC mm-hmm. as participants, and sometimes you have to unite the unique uh, values, and you would just do HStack unique, and uh, you would get you don't need to do. You know, before that, I had to basically paste one under another and just do you know um, find unique values and either yeah, you're either them. using Power Query or you're doing some copying and pasting without right. dynamic arrays. Yep. L- last question here. If somebody wants to learn more about you or they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Um, it's probably just reach out on LinkedIn. I pretty much check it out regularly on a daily basis. That's one of my tools for work. So uh, yeah, LinkedIn will be the, the place to go. Great. And we'll make sure to put that in the show notes and you know, anything else you want us to include, you know, around websites for people who are interested in financial modeling and the both the Excel and the financial modeling one, let me know and we'll make sure those go into the show notes. But, but finally, I just want to thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate it. I know we got off to a little bit of a late start and had a few technical issues today. So I appreciate your patience with me and I can't wait to for our audience to hear this episode. I'm excited to share it with you. So thanks for being on the show, Max. Thank you, Paul, very much. It's been a pleasure. 